0: I can't believe it's that time already. It's time for us to welcome you to episode number three of uh, the Reef Lords Pod Academy. And today, the big question is whether to rent or buy. And my special guest, as always, from Reef Lords is Dora Liu. Hello, Dora.
1: Good morning, David. How are you doing?
0: I am doing exceptionally well today. So to rent or buy, that is is—it's an absolutely fascinating Um, sort of conversation to have because I've often thought about it and, and, you know, I've been a a homeowner and I've been a renter and I'm still not sure which side of the fence I come down on. What do you think about?
1: Well, I think it's, it has really been a popular debate from day one, right? On whether to rent or to buy a property. Um, And, you know, with the drop of, prime interest rate to 7% now. The debate is even heated more. So I think we here on this third episode, we're going to really unpack the pros and cons of both renting and buying. And I think in fact both can be a very good option for um, for you, but it's really circumstantial based on your needs. So, you know, it, it, it's actually kind of tricky for Refloods to do this episode because we are from a seller perspective. However, because of the, um, the Pod Academy, the purpose that we are doing this, we're going to be as objective and unbiased as possible uh, to bring you, you know, into whether to rent or to buy. So this episode is really not about how, but rather the why.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, obviously, as, as, a, as, a, as an individual or as a family, um, one would need to weigh the options and, and sort of see which one would suit you best. So, what do yep. you guys suggest? So,
1: what we will really elaborate on is the reason why you should rent, the disadvantages and advantages of renting as well as those of buying a property. So what we would suggest um, our listeners, our audiences to do is to sort of give scoring to advantages and disadvantages and weigh the score, which weighs more for you. Obviously, you're gonna be very objective and fair to yourself. You're going to be very transparent and honest about your your needs um, and your opinion on these advantages and disadvantages so that you can make very informed decision after all and you will see which one weighs more score than the other or which disadvantages of renting or buying is a deal breaker for you
0: okay that, that makes sense that's like a, a, a kind of pros and cons you go through you go through the list. And, and then uh, at the end of it, we'll come out and then you, as the prospective renter or purchaser, will, will be able to make a, a decision. Should we start off with if you're renting a property? Sure. Okay. So advantage number one would be what? I mean, if I, if okay. I think about it, let's talk, let's talk advantages first and then we get on to disadvantages.
1: Sure. So renting on property, I think the advantages, one of the best advantages of renting is that you have the absolute flexibility to move around. Let's say you need to be relocated for work purposes, or whatever the personal reason might be that you need to relocate to another city or even another areas of um, uh, within the city, then you have the flexibility to put in the cancellation request to the landlord uh, to move around, you know. So, um, yeah, that's one of the biggest uh advantages that a tenant could think of
0: okay that yeah that makes sense because i know a lot of people do sort of like contract work or whatever the case may be so for them maybe um, a rental would be a better idea a disadvantage there though to to you know in terms of that
1: and i think it's uh it's a reality that landlords sometimes they sell their properties or they cancel your lease because they want to live in the property that they, you know, renting to you. And um, it's sort of, I think as a tenant, you also grow type of attachment to the property that you live in. And it can be kind of, you know, um, Like sort of someone is invading your property, that type of, uh, that type of emotion in you. So, and also that level of instability and uh, level of anxiety that it adds to you because you need to think about now what? Now I'm going to find a new property to move into. And with such a short notice, how am I going to do it? And now I need to find a moving company to pack impact on top of all the, you know, um, current messy life that I'm going through right now. So it does add a lot of anxiety to the tenants, I think.
0: Yeah, I have gotta tell you, I know some people who absolutely love it. They love moving, they love going to new places, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> me, I cannot tell you the level of anxiety I absolutely hate moving. I, I really it freaks me out totally. So I, I think, um, yeah. you know, in terms of that, i I'm, I would lean a bit more towards maybe then, you know, looking at a um at buying. But another another advantage though, surely. Um, is, is you know, as a property owner, there's all sorts of tax costs and everything, isn't there?
1: Mm, yes, absolutely. So in episode two, we obviously have already uh, unpacked a lot of the so-called hidden costs uh, in terms of property ownership. But as a tenant, you do not have to pay for ownership-related costs like levy, rates and taxes, you know, etc. The the um, the building insurance, etc. So yeah, if you want to hear more about the hidden costs, you can refer to our second episode. But you know, in this episode, as a tenant, you you don't have to pay for these related costs.
0: Okay, but a disadvantage then?
1: So um, obviously, as a tenant, uh, you cannot have control over the rental escalation you can negotiate with the landlord but landlord has costs to pay and the increase that he incurs or she incurs will probably, you know, be added onto your rental escalations. And uh, averagely, the rental escalation is about 5% to 10%, depending on uh, the area or uh, other specifics. So, you can negotiate with your landlord but there is no guarantee that you can reach a common ground so if you don't reach a common ground with your landlord chances are you're going to find a new place
0: yeah you know i've, I've had that experience as well it sounds like i've had a lot of these experiences but uh, uh i had a, a landlord i was i was living in midrand in a, in a complex there and the the developer was was actually the landlord as well And they just decided 15% was, was the way it was going to be. And you could either pay it or you could leave. There was no, you know, and I was like, but everybody else is doing this 7 to 10%. And he was like, don't care. That's it. Pay it or leave. That's
1: really steep.
0: Sure. It's, it's, it can, it can get quite, quite hectic, but.
1: Yeah. But I think, you know, with COVID uh, situation, the pandemic, you can, Negotiate with the landlord, and, and I think most landlords are quite understanding in this situation. So obviously I can't speak for, uh, but you know, as a tenant, if you're renewing your your lease, maybe try um, from a very understanding point of view, uh, negotiate with the landlord and see what he says. You know.
0: Mm, yeah. Now, as we move along, I think let's let me just bring this one up right right from the from the get go. Um, you so often hear when it comes to the, the the property rental or buying debate, people go, ah, it's better to buy, don't throw your money away. But I'm kind of going, hang on, because surely you're not throwing your money away because you you're basically paying for a place to stay, aren't you?
1: Yeah, you're hundred percent right. And I think it's a misconcept between a tenant and the buyer that if you're renting a property you're, you, you think you're throwing your money away or a, a lot of people can tell you that you're throwing your money away but not necessarily because you are having a place to stay and that is part of your expenses so if you look at from a, an accounting perspective rental is a type of expense so it's not on your asset or liability but it's rather an expense so you're spending that money for a place that you're staying for a long term. I think, I, I don't think it, you're throwing your money away necessarily. Um, but in contrast, obviously you are paying for your landlord's mortgage bond. That is a fact. And you, you, you know, that type of money, you may have paid for your own asset. Um, and with the interest rate being so low at the moment, your rent, might be higher than the you know, possible bond repayment. Obviously, I'm just speaking you know, out of uh, some of our properties. And uh, mm. in Reflow's portfolio, some of our properties' rentals are higher than the bond repayment at 7%. So then you know, we are encouraging our tenant to perhaps consider buying. So again, it's circumstantial. Uh, not all the properties are like that. Uh, and then you just need to really weigh your options. But as a tenant, you are not throwing your money away. That is a misconcept.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, if you if you want to go away somewhere, you still have to pay for accommodation. That's just one of the givens oh. in life. The interesting point, though, was that you said it, it's, it's not an asset or, or whatever. It goes on um, as an expense in terms of... so So that also... Makes sense. Now, in my experience, Dora, um, I found that uh, in terms of, of rentals, um, it's sometimes, or is this just my, uh, my, my sort of perception of it, but sometimes it seems easier to be able to rent, um, you know, and to get approved for, for rental than, than it would to, to get approved for a bond, for example.
1: Yes, uh, 99% of the cases uh, that rental application is way easier than the bond process uh, application process. So that is why a lot of people can't necessarily get a bond, but they are able to rent. So the, you know, the paperwork, documentation, uh, etc having a lower threshold for you to get qualified for rental rather than the bond. That is the reality. And uh that is also one of the advantages of renting a property. You don't have to get through a very lengthy application process, I guess.
0: Okay, but then so, there must there must yeah. be a con to that. There must there must be a disadvantage. <laughs>
1: uh, on the counterpart is that uh, paying rent does not really earn your credit scoring. So if mm. you open a an account, let's say, uh, for credit card, and you sort of maintain that payment pattern, you are going to earn yourself some credit scoring. Same with bond. If you apply for a bond and you've been paying very well for you know, over six months and more, you're going to maintain your credit scoring. So, but then renting does not earn you any credit scoring. And then if you do not pay rent, you well very likely you're going to uh, appear as a, a negative on the ITC check or credit check, everybody calls it, yeah.
0: Ah, okay. All right, that, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Now, moving along in terms of, Rental. If if I'm if I'm looking to 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 rent a place, um, would it make sense to to look at renting something um, that is maybe doesn't extend my you know overextend my budget and leave me with some extra funds to do something with?
1: So we here, I think we're talking about opportunity cost. Uh, like we previously mentioned, as a tenant, you do not really pay for ownership related costs. So that type of money or the excessive uh, amount of money that you're saving can go into other type of investments, like your retirement <coughs> sorry your retirement annuity or stock market or any type of uh, you know investment opportunities that you can invest your money into. So yes, being a tenant, you have that low opportunity cost on your side.
0: Um, yeah, I know you're going to tell me there's a downside to it. I'm sure you're going to tell me is that the disadvantage of that because so far I'm leaning towards this rental thing is not a bad idea. So so what is the disadvantage to to this 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 particular one? We talked about that low opportunity cost.
1: I really don't think there's really a con to it in terms of low opportunity costs because owning a property does really um add a lot of extra costs if you can refer to our second episode right Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah but again you are building your asset and this is something that you are paying for your property for your own asset
0: oh yeah and of course i suppose I mean, I know in a, in a rental property, you know, there's you can't just go into a rental property and think, oh, well, I need to smash this wall out or I want to do this to the garden or, you know, I don't yeah. like the way they've put up the wall. Um, yeah. That's a problem, eh?
1: Now you're talking about really the improvements within the unit or yes, the property. Yes, yes. Yes. So um, as a tenant, I think the con side is that you can't have the pr- Uh, the freedom to renovate a property to your likings. So if you want to knock down a wall, like you said, or even some landlords don't even want you to put on shelves or, you know, do shelving in the room. Um, And landlords can, can be very strict or even if they're not strict about it, you need to get consent from them to do this and that. So your freedom to renovation is very limited. Um, And also after your lease expires, all those renovations are to landlords benefit. You can't take them away. You know, um, most lease contracts bind you to it. If you, let's say, add a security burglar bar, Uh, at the end of the lease, you can't take it away. I mean, even if you take it away, how are you going to really use it to another property, you know, with different measurements and everything. So that Mm. will then be added to landlord's benefits.
0: Ah, yes. Okay. Um, Dora, have you got, have we got one more, one more point uh, in terms of, of if you're renting a property? Yes. Um, What happens? Yeah.
1: I think, this point is probably very much ignored or underrated uh, by a lot of tenants or even buyers. So, <clears throat> most of the people choose to live in an estate because it's got security features, it's got a sense of community, etc. Your neighbors are looking out for you, you're looking out for the neighbor. So, you as a tenant, I think, with the flexibility you have, there's very low risk of binding yourself to a bad estate uh, in terms of bad security or bad estate management. So if you don't like the security there, maybe you will have a second thought on your current lease and then try and move to another better estate. So, you know, but as an owner, you are sort of binded to the estates and the conditions that the estate is having. Mm. However, the con side of it is that you, as the tenant, can't raise a voice in the body corporate. You can raise your voice to the to to your landlord, and the landlord then delivers the the, the message to the body corporate. But a lot of information can be you know can be uh, can be missed in between or lost in translation, right? So your voice as a tenant can hardly be heard. Uh, in in the correct forum if you want to address to improve the estate uh, management or to improve the security features within the estate. But as an owner, you are able to raise your voice and your vote counts uh, in the body corporate or HOA schemes
0: which is which is a very big thing, i mean I, I remember staying I remember staying in, in in one place, and it was actually the reason uh, for for leaving it was in terms of that estate management um, the, 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 the the sort of developers had done stuff apparently on the cheap, so the drains were all blocking, mm. and the the, the the roads the public roads were all caving in um, luckily i hadn't bought into it, so I was renting so i could I could move away but yeah. Likewise, when I had a problem, it didn't matter. Uh, and, and you're absolutely correct. Yeah.
1: Let's move on. And Let's your move on voice your, doesn't Yeah. You know,
0: happier things like buying a property. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Yes. There you so,
0: now it's more conventional wisdom. Why buy a property? Mm.
1: Well, I think there are many pros to it uh, versus the cons. So we're going to go through them again. If you're listening to this episode, do the scoring okay, to weigh the option, um, to weigh between advantages and disadvantages. So I'm going to start with the advantages of um, buying a property, okay? Perfect. So yes, um, and some of them were already briefed in, you know, in the, in the previous part uh, uh, where the disadvantages uh, for renting a property. So buying a property, the advantage you, you are paying towards your own fixed assets, Okay, you are creating this wealth over the long term. And that is a very long term commitment, uh, usually 20 years. Some people actually apply for a bond for 30 years. So it's a very long term commitment. However, you are paying towards your own fixed assets. You're not paying for someone else's mortgage bond. Okay, at the end of the day, you must, you, you might sell this property at a premium Uh, for capital gain, all right, because of the inflation and good investment that you've done for buying the property. So I think the disadvantage, however, is what I mentioned. It's a long-term commitment. And um, I think an interesting point here is that you can perceive the bank as your landlord. That never really terminates your lease unless you default by not paying.
0: Yeah. You see, that's it. Hey, when you think about it in that sense, that's one of the yeah. sobering thoughts is it's, it's 20 years. I mean, it can you can actually pay it off faster. Um, but 20 years is, is generally what people are looking for. It's a long time. Wow. It's but we're talking, we're talking yeah. positive things here. So what's the next positive thing about owning your own home?
1: Um, I think owning your own home, you are entitling yourself the opportunity to generate passive income for you. All right. There's a saying to say that landlords grow richer in in their sleep. And it is true because you don't have to really um, work that extra hard for it, for that passive income that you generate from the rental, as well as uh, what I said previously that you are getting the capital gain on your property value. And this is something that you will never really get the opportunity to do so if you are a tenant.
0: Mm. But I suppose the the sort of negative side of that um, is if you've got a rental property, something you need to, to be very careful about is, Um, you know, if you, you, you might get a, a a non-paying tenant or somebody and I, again, how come I've had all of these problems? It must be something I've done, but (laughs) the first house that I, that I bought and then, uh, we moved and I had to rent it out and we got tenants in there, um, and they were fine for the first couple of months and then they just stopped paying. And I must tell you, it was an absolute mission to get them out. But then I I I have, I have a confession. (laughs) Um, I probably didn't do as thorough a credit check as I should have.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. So, look, um, I think this type of situation does give you gray hair, unfortunately, if you are encountering a non-paying or squatting tenant, right? So, um, for instance, during this pandemic, prior to the pandemic, um, your tenants are paying very well they don't have a problem, they didn't have a problem. But when pandemic comes and then they lost their job or whatever the reason might be, now they can't pay. So you are still sitting with a mortgage bond that you still have to pay to the bank, uh, but your tenant can't pay you. And this is a very uh, predicament that you, you sort of have no solution to. You can evict the, the, the tenant, however, it is a lengthy process. But there is always a way to sort of mitigate uh, mitigate the risk by doing a very thorough credit check on your tenant prior to you uh, placing them in your unit. Like you said, um, if you haven't done so, then you are really gambling on this person's credit score.
0: Mm. Let's move on now to the to the the the, the final three points here, um, because. I think this is, this is a great one as well. If you are, if you are a homeowner, um, the, the ability to, to refinance your bond um, I know that's something that people do. If they've, they've paid it in for, for 10, 15, maybe sometimes even five years, and they come and something happens. they're able to refinance that bond, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Let's say if you've got a bond of 1 million rand, right? And then after, let's say 15 years, you've paid um, 800,000 of it. And um, all of a sudden you've got a family emergency or you really need that money to invest in something else or start your own business, et cetera, et cetera. Then you can refinance it at the same um, uh, interest rates, Because 15 years later, that bond payment is not really going to change unless the prime rate changes. Um, So you're looking at a very small amount for a a large sum of uh, loan that you can get immediately out of your, your current bond. And that is a great advantage, actually, if you think about it.
0: Because you never know, there might be an emergency, maybe, and I know a couple of people have done this. Uh, Because they have that property as an asset and they've paid their bond for that many years, um, that lump sum of cash they get, I've known people who invest that into a business, you know, and and that can grow as well. The downside to that, I'm guessing, is um, what we've just been through um, now during this pandemic time is to try and sell your property. Generally, can mm. be a fairly lengthy process.
1: Mm. It well, it really depends. Uh, some properties are also like hotcakes. A lot of buyers are putting in offers. It really depends on the location, you know, the the, the conditions of the of the property, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the value. Obviously, people you know, looking for property with value for money. So, but then generally selling a property is a lengthy process. Um, and probably in future episodes, we're going to look look at how to sell your property, you know. But for now, uh, I think as a as a, a disadvantage of owning a property is that at a time that you want to sell your property, do prepare for, you know, about let's say three to six months uh, before you can really get a decent offer to have this whole process gone through. Unless you want to keep the property forever, you know, for um, passive income generation purpose, that's also an option. Mm, And if you're not in a rush, you know, to get that uh, lump sum of, of, of cash.
0: Yeah, it's, it's something else I think we're going to be talking about in future episodes is investment properties and, and investing in properties and building your wealth that that way. Um, we're almost out of time, though, so I sincerely hope that this uh, episode has, has helped you and, and given you some perspective in terms of your decision-making process, whether to rent or to buy. Dora, lastly, we, we got a question from Richmond, um, and he asked how to open his rates account once a property is registered. So I'm confused. I'm going to need your help.
1: Okay. Um, this is a very, you know, frequently asked question from, new homeowners. Okay, how do I open the rates accounts once the property is registered in my name? So upon registration, these offers triggers an update to the respective municipality. So if your property falls under the jurisdiction of city of Johannesburg, then you obviously contact um, city of Johannesburg to update your details to receive monthly rates and taxes. So if your property, let's say, falls under Ekeleni municipality, you contact Ekeleni municipality to get your rates accounts opened. And with that, um, in Reflow's case, our conveyances usually send an instruction letter to advise our clients on how to, um, step by step, how to open the account with the city of Johannesburg or Equalini or whatever the municipalities may be. That makes it so much easier. Sorry Dora, but it really does. (laughs) So in short, uh, it's owner's responsibility to contact these municipalities to uh, to update your details, etc, etc. But there is, you know, um, usually a delay, but from the time that your property gets registered to the time that you will receive a ta- rates and taxes bill. So do that follow up with the city uh, with, with your municipality and also leave some of the savings aside, you know, to cater for a backdated payment on rates and taxes. That's one of the tips I can actually give to the new homeowners. Do not, um, do not think that you don't have to pay if they don't send you the bill. That amount is still going to be accumulated on your bill. Uh, so very... the sooner. Yeah. So the sooner you, you get your bill, the sooner you can set it off um, before it accrues interests on your next payment.
0: Some very sound advice. Dora, thank you so much. Um, We're wrapping it up uh, for this episode. If people um, are listening or they've got any questions, where do they direct those questions to?
1: Sure. Please drop an email to Catherine at reflords.co.za. So it's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at R-E-E-F-L-O-R-D-S dot COSA.
0: There we go. Catherine at ReefLords.co.za. Dora, thank you so much for chatting to us. And uh, thank you for your insight and advice.
1: Thank you so much, David, as always. Um, I really look forward to the next episode already.
0: I am absolutely looking forward to it. That's it from us uh, for this episode, though. Thank you for listening.